Hey guys, altcoin author. So beginning of a new week and everyone feels like the sky is falling. Corona is by far number one news. And then the circuit breakers on the exchange have been hit again. And the futures had the market coming in at, you know, five percentage points down, but that quickly was doubled to right around nine, which is where it's been all day today. So the market absolutely is an accelerated way of figuring out the, the public sentiment. And over the last few days, uh, or at least a week and a half, I should say, it's been pretty abysmal. And people, I think rightly, are really bearish on travel stocks. When the leader of like the CDC is telling you not to get on ships and that it's not a good idea to go on ships and that he himself never liked cruise liners. It's no wonder that like Royal Caribbean and Norwegian cruise lines are getting slammed like 30%. So yeah, in a day and then over and over again, even when the market popped on Friday, the, that went down a lot. And as you probably noticed as well, the Bitcoin that we thought was a stable coin in many ways, I mean, not linked to the dollar, but just like it's really the stability behind the whole ecosystem. You know, last week dropped 35% in a day. So a lot of people are going and saying, you know, how can we trust Bitcoin again? And then all those people that are ETH is money movements, you know, hashtag ETH is money. Uh, you know, Ethereum's going to drop below 100 or, um, you know, it's very close to doing so. I think it was 110 this morning or even 105 and then went north a little bit. So there's a lot of price fear and people are, I guess, are, I think they're exiting their positions, but at the same time, they're seeing the market get slammed and they're recognizing that a lot of the platforms like FTX, Binance, OK, make it so easy to go short that we're seeing that when it goes short, it goes short fast. And what traders want is minimal pips in both directions. So obviously when you take a position, you want it to go hard in that direction and a lot. So if you see like Bitcoin when it dropped from like 8,000 to 5,000, it did so in a hurry. So the people that were lucky enough to be in a short position were <laughs> made out like bandits because the implied volatility going into that, it was high, but not uh 35% high. So some people have done sensationally well with those short positions and you're seeing with the altcoins as well not only all are all altcoins essentially pegged with bitcoin because on most exchanges the trading you know i guess crypto pair would be like bch and then btc so when bitcoin goes down like that you're not going to see much changing to keep afloat XRP or yeah, BCH, Bitcoin Cash, or any of the projects that use Bitcoin and at least to some degree. So that's not surprising. And it went up for a little bit, but it gets continually taken down. So I think people see the bullishness this short, uh, is, is done so over a short period of time. And the bearishness is the overarching thing in the markets. And that narrative is being distributed back to crypto, despite the fact that 
there's still a lot of use cases for it. And when you look at an exchange like Binance, it has a ton of volume during this time. And that generates fees, which, you know, it, it, it burns the actual token itself. So it's being used as a utility token. So, you know, there's less of a supply of it. And then as the prominence of Binance increases, then, yeah, the price of it will as well, because the qual- the number that actually constitute the entire ownership of the exchange gets less and less as the fees, you know, go more and more. So, yeah, there'll be less proportionality of fees because the Bitcoin prices and the Ethereum and all, all are less. But, you know, when it if it does come back, then, you know, those fees are going to be collected by Binance. So, you know, whether they'll reverse unicorn, you know, because they hit the billion dollar valuation, whether they'll go sub that, um, you know, even more and more is uh, and up in the air. But I thought it was interesting because so many Bitcoin maximalists and Ethereum maximalists were saying that Bitcoin is going to be the safe haven. And in this market, you saw that gold, which was considered a safe haven, a lot of countries even use it as their baseline. And of course, US has Fort Knox, so we have a ton of gold. But gold's taken a tumble. Obviously, equities taken a tumble. Bonds have, um, yeah, just not really done that well as well. And then they're injecting almost trillion dollars into the economy. And the effect of that is people are still nervous about the market and overall valuation of an S&P around 20, I guess it would be like 18 or 17 now, uh, price to earnings in light of, yeah, the instability. And plus, we're going to see some these big businesses hit chapter 11 and need a restructuring because if you're not getting any money in, then how's that going to reflect on the business itself? You know, a lot of that is um, down the road. You know, hedges are made for summer, for even fall, for a lot of these farm producers. And if they're exiting their hedged positions, you know, that's going to affect, affect the bottom line and make them unable to be nimble in the long term. So <laughs> there's a lot of fallout from this that even if it's better in the next month, the ramifications are long term. So it's incumbent upon your portfolio to look at what companies are able to uh, economically weather the storm. And on, uh, I mean, those are macro trends for large companies in the S&P 500 that have good equity coverage for options or for, you know, just equities in and of themselves. I probably won't, don't want to short them because it'll be extremely expensive to do so unless you're, you know, sure that a stock has, is just nothing. But, you can also um, look at individual businesses, seeing a lot of individual businesses and, and properties that were expecting Airbnb income, not getting that or getting canceled reservations for conferences, for vacations. And then you have landowners, just like when they had those um, stated income loans that were footloose and fancy free to get, um, they're going to say, wait a minute. I have a mortgage payment on this place that's by the ocean that's five grand. And I'm trying to charge, you know, 200, 300 a night. And if I'm only going to be able to get like a hundred or two, then I need to get out of this thing, whether that means a short sale or means handing it off to a wholesaler 
or trying to flood the market with it, I think this summer may uh, transition to an interesting time for, despite the fact that interest rates are low, so you can afford more home, that it will still reflect potentially negatively on the cost of a home. So <clears throat> I know they were even asking questions about negative interest rates, you know, all of the yen in years past. Uh, but it lo- but the Fed chair said that's very likely not to be the practice that they're going to do. But it'll be interesting to see the stabilization of different currencies and uh, how will this affect every facet of the market, you know, with the skirmishes in the Middle East with the Hezbollah and their proxy in Iran, will that lead to war that will, you know, keep defense contracting going? Or, you know, what's the implication for people that are obviously on a small scale? Like Mark Cuban said that for small businesses, what's the impact if, yeah, the conference got canceled and they're relying on that revenue to keep them going? And, you know, if you look at surveys of Americans who are much poorer at having cash reserves than their counterparts in Asia and that sort of thing. It was staggering, like more than half the people can't scrape together $500 if they need to do so for an emergency. So this constitutes an emergency. Certainly, it's going to be a cash drain on their business. So what are the inroads that are going to be done? Already, they're limiting their... Uh, you know, the payroll tax to keep people on. And Mark Cuban said that they should really loosen the strings on the SBA to keep people and some liquidity going for small businesses that don't have the resources. And then, you know, in the California area and a lot of states, they're creating moratorium on evictions. So that, you know, it's easy to do with laws relative to um, residential but also it could be the case for commercial, which they don't have as many protections for commercial. But with residential, a lot of homeowners are also people that own the buildings. So they're compelled to pay down their mortgage during a time period when they aren't getting rent and they also have to shoulder the electricity, the water, property taxes, just all this. And yeah, it'll help that they're deferring or eliminating the interest on student loans. But at the same time, you have to create that mortgage payment. But I guess they would be forgiven for doing so for them as a landlord as well. I guess they're still carving up whether that would apply to people that are actually uh, owner-occupied or whether that is impacted to um, you know everyone that owns a property. So someone that has like 16 properties, whether they would be able to take a little holiday on the mortgages that they pay on those properties. So everything is just getting figured out as of midnight last night in California, almost all restaurants and uh, even fast food places. You can only really go in to get your food and then you got to get out and went to Starbucks today and they locked up the chairs and seating. So yeah, you really can't get in there to get anything done. Uh, So, uh, and you know, then they had, an internal report that someone sent me from Goldman Sachs who really runs things in many ways in the equity markets. And they're saying that, you know, they have different ways they think this is going to play out. So 
you know, if it does spread, you know, I guess the UK has more of an exposure therapy type of way where they're just resigned to the fact that it's going to get out there and that people are better to get immune to it in its early stage rather than its mutated stage. So they're saying, you know, people are going to get it, you know, get it, get resistant to it. And then during that time, we'll figure out ways to get some vaccines going. I saw in Seattle today, they're already doing some trial runs on the actual vaccine, you know, what early stage they have of it and to kind of see how it's going because, yeah, Seattle is one of the hotbeds, at least in the United States. So that will, um, but, and then the CDC over the next eight weeks said that they really shouldn't have collections of people 50 or more, which means that they, you know, not going to have church, not going to have mosque, temple, all that. And then mayor of Los Angeles said, you know, while we can't compel legally people to not hold church services, uh, we encourage them not to do so. So they had, um, all sorts of edicts for that. And I did notice that, you know, Catholic churches are having mass online and that's an interesting phenomenon, but specific to crypto and tech, the fundamentals of the technology is still there. I saw that Rigby went down a little bit. And then if you're looking to send Ethereum, I think a couple of days ago, it was like 126 way to send something. So a congestion at a lot of the um, <laughs> transaction levels and in Bitcoin, I think I paid 76 Satoshis per byte to send something. So it's a lot going on and it's kind of like, here's the real stress test for crypto. Can it handle it? Uh, stay tuned this week for some interviews for people that are embracing the move from traditional media to non-traditional to, you know, Twitch to, um, you know, online platforms that embrace the kind of solopreneur type of personality that Substack and that uh, all these platforms are embracing where, you know, through Patreon, you're supporting someone that has thought leadership in a certain space. And then you glean from that what you may, as opposed to like a centralized news channel, Newsday or People or whatever, where it's just a, a bunch of amalg amalgam of different authors. It's kind of like getting to know the individual person and supporting their work directly which reflects well on them and gives them a lot of publishing power and freedom to do what they want to do, whether it be investigative journalism or, you know, Fortnite or whatever the market niche that they're serving is. So it's an interesting time to be in that field. So stay tuned for that later on in the week. Altcoin author. Talk to you later.